Amen. Thank you, praise team. Thank you, Sherry. Thank you, uh, tech team. I just feel especially grateful this morning for the awesome volunteers that we have across uh, our Sunday morning worship experience. So can you actually take a second and give them a round of applause just for their service? Yeah, thank you. Um, so last summer, uh, I, if you'll remember, Suzanne was on sabbatical. Our lead pastor was on sabbatical. We were working to cover different bases, and it was VBS week, okay? It was VBS week, and it was 6 o'clock in the morning, and Pastor Bep calls my phone. Pa- pastor Bep doesn't usually call me at 6 a.m., so I picked up my phone, and she says, Sarah, Uh, I have COVID, and VBS starts this morning, wondering if you can uh, go do VBS. Um, For those of you who know me, I am not a VBS person, okay? I'm just, I'm not a VBS person. I don't have, like, the energy and the excitement for children. Like, I love children, but I should not be leading them from a stage, okay? So, um, I don't know if any of you were volunteers that week that I led VBS. I'm sure I will never be invited back again because I asked all of the children to do push-ups and sit-ups every day as part of VBS. It was uh, my tricky way of, first of all, not knowing what to do with children. And also, uh, it got them moving. It got them in their bodies. It got some of their wiggles out, right? So I just got up on stage and I made the kids do push-ups and sit-ups. Now, um, I thought about making you all do push-ups and sit-ups this morning because we are talking about care for the body and being active, but I'm not going to do that. But I would actually ask you to stand up. I'm going to invite Steve Moser forward. I'm not going to make you do anything crazy, okay? I see you hesitant about standing up. I just want you to stand up and stretch while we read. Uh, we hear Steve Moser read the word this morning to us from Genesis 1, verses 26 to 31. Then God said, and now we will make human beings. They will be like us and resemble us. They will have power over the fish, the birds, and all animals, domestic and wild, large and small. So God created human beings, making them to be like himself. He created them male and female, blessed them, and said, have many children so that your descendants will live all over the earth and bring it under their control. I am putting you in charge of the fish the birds, and all the wild animals. I have provided all kinds of grain and all kinds of fruit for you to eat, but for all the wild animals and for all the birds I have provided, grass and leafy plants for food. And it was done. God looked at everything he had made, and he was very pleased. Evening passed and morning came. That was the sixth day. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Okay, you guys can have a seat. Uh, So you probably noticed this morning we're starting at the very beginning of the biblical story, a very good place to start for all my fellow Sound of Music fans out there. Um, We are starting at the beginning of the biblical narrative because of the fact that God, as an outpouring of love, chose to create a physical creation and give us physical bodies. And that says a lot about our topic today. If you'll remember, we've been talking about subtraction practices that help us remove some of the clutter from our lives to help us engage God. We've been talking about this throughout Lent. And so today's practice 
caring for our bodies may not at first sound like a subtraction practice, or maybe it doesn't even feel like a spiritual practice to you at this point. But as I have been thinking about and living in this passage and in this topic this week, I think that the practice could be more aptly phrased like this. As a spiritual practice, we will stop ignoring our bodies. We will stop ignoring our bodies. I I think that the invitation that we're going to feel today from Scripture is to notice when we're thirsty and to notice when we have a headache, when our muscles get tight, when we're having trouble sleeping, when our body is not functioning the way that it should. Now, again, this might sound funny as a spiritual practice, but I think it truly can be as a way to honor the creator of our bodies. We're invited to stop ignoring what our bodies communicate to us and to stop ignoring the things that our bodies need to flourish and to be healthy. Because as our text for this week indicates, our physical bodies have been formed from the dust, as we, heard in the, as we would have heard if we read the other creation narrative in Genesis 2. And these are gifts. Our bodies are gifts that are intentionally given to us by God. So let's dive into the story of creation of humanity a little bit more. Uh, If God had wanted just conversation partners, people who could write worship songs and theology textbooks and people who could pray and learn things and just talk back and forth to him, there might have been a different way that he could have created creation, right? It's not hard for us to imagine what this could be like, especially when we have access to social media where most of our relationship comes through the form of some kind of communication. God could have chosen, if he just wanted relationship that was about communicating back and forth, to not give us physical bodies, right? We wouldn't have had to have legs and arms and kidneys and eyes, and we wouldn't have needed the five senses that we have. We wouldn't have needed all the messiness, too, that comes from being physical beings, right? If it was only a conversational relationship God wanted, the world and humanity could have been created differently. But instead, God formed a physical world with light and water and plants and animals, and he made things taste good, and he made things that smell good, and God made dirt and mud, and then he got his hands dirty, and he made us out of it. And in his creation of humanity, he made us with bodies that need some maintenance, right? We need water and nutrients and exercise and rest to function well. And there is an importance to the physicalness of our being. This is also, I think, why God instituted sacraments, things that take physical forms to represent spiritual realities. He gave us bread and wine and water to value the tangible and the physical reality that we've been gifted. We got skin to feel things and taste buds to enjoy things. The things that God made in our physical bodies are so intentionally constructed. And uh, if you ever need to appreciate how God moves through science and biology and how God so intentionally created the inner workings of our body, you should talk to some of the medical professionals in our midst. Uh, specifically this past week, I reached out to Britta Tenhaken, and she got so excited, as she often does, um, about talking about how our immune systems were built so that they remember infections that we've had in the past to keep us, to fight against those things when they come in the future. And she talked about how our kidneys are constantly filtering all of our blood all of the time without us even thinking about it. She talked about how our hearts and our lungs are constantly doing the things that we need to keep us alive without us even consciously having to 
think about what they're doing. Our bodies do so many things to heal themselves, even while we sleep, that we don't have any active control over. They just heal. And God created our bodies to be living, breathing miracles. Our bodies are gifts from God, and they were made to help us experience God. And like I said before, caring for this gift from God can be an act of stewardship and worship and a way to honor our Creator. But the goodness and the beauty of our physical bodies is something that has been contested for a long time, even in the Christian sphere. Maybe even internally this morning, there's a bit of resistance in you to this idea. Maybe it feels less spiritual than talking about forgiveness or sanctification or prayer. And so, uh, if, if so, you're not alone. One of the early heresies that the church grappled with was something called Gnosticism. And one of the components of this heresy was the belief that the physical body was somehow evil. It was something that needed to be suppressed or ignored And true good came only through the spirit or the soul, through access to our minds. This is something Christians don't actually believe, okay? Uh, Because God created the physical world and called it good, and also because Jesus, the divine God himself, took on a physical body and remained good and holy. But we as humans, myself included, continue to elevate our minds and suppress what our body experiences or just straight up ignore our body throughout the week because it seems like a a less holy part of our lives. But when we ignore our bodies, we end up not doing one of the things that God first asked us to do, caring for and stewarding the creation that God made. And that starts first with our own bodies. If you remember from the Genesis story that Steve read, God first made humankind and then he gave them some mandates to rule over and subdue creation. Theologian Ellen Davis says that the best translation of those words and concepts is having a skilled mastery over the things that will bring the flourishing of creation. I'm going to say that again because I think that that's a different way than sometimes we often think about it. These words to rule over and subdue creation actually mean this concept of having a skilled mastery over the things that will bring flourishing for creation. Now, we often think about this in regards to the land and the animals and that we're called to steward the rest of creation. But I think that we need to also understand that part of that creation that we are responsible to have skilled mastery over is our very own bodies. Part of what we are to do is to care for and make sure that they are healthy and they flourish in this living thing that moves along the ground and has the breath of life in it, to quote the Genesis passage. It's part of our stewardship of creation that humanity was tasked with to steward the care of our bodies that we have been given. So, okay, after all of this theology and biblical support about why we should take care of our bodies, now I'm going to confess to you something, that I have been wrestling with this sermon for two weeks, and I did not want to preach it, okay? Um, I looked at the topic that I was supposed to preach on this week, and honestly, the first thing that I experienced was shame. Because this is a practice that even though I know it is important, uh, I have not been good at consistently. I have struggled to consistently exercise. I have struggled to consistently make healthy choices in what I eat. And I often feel pretty terrible about that. And maybe I'm not the only one in the room today when we started talking about this topic. 
as I have talked to other people throughout this week, I have found that there are a couple of dynamics that happen for more people than just me when we talk about caring for our bodies. People either feel shame or they feel deep frustration. So hang in with me here for a few moments because for those of us who experience shame around this topic, perhaps taking care of our bodies has been really closely linked to body image for us. Maybe we have been told by others or the voice in our head that we are overweight or we don't have enough muscle or we are unattractive or we're out of shape. In a recent study, 41% of adult men and 60% of adult women thought they were too heavy and were self-conscious about their weight and their attractiveness. Now, that statistic in itself is, is hard to hear, but they, it gets even harder when we see the things that have been uh, spoken by kids and adolescents. In the same study, over 50% of elementary age kids report body dissatisfaction. And 50% of 13-year-old American girls report being unhappy with their bodies, but this number grew to nearly 80% by the time that girls reached age 17. So I think I just want to name the elephant in the room that it can be hard to talk about the things that are helpful to help us take care of and steward the good body that God gave us without this concept getting unhelpfully linked to conversations about body image and the corresponding shame that comes with that. We know that taking care of our bodies is for health and it's good and that it's not just for our appearance, but it gets hard to separate those things when it comes down to it. And so we can get in these shame spirals that are very unhelpful because the shame keeps us stuck in the patterns that keep us both physically unhealthy and stuck in shame. And we end up internally cursing the very body and the creation that God gave us and that God continues to love exactly as it is right now in its current state. The other thing that I think happens for people when we talk about this topic is that they get very deeply frustrated. Uh, perhaps this is because you are in a season of your life where things in your body are just not working like they used to. Perhaps you've had an injury and you can't do the things anymore that you used to enjoy doing for exercise. Or perhaps you have a medical condition that has limited what you're able to do. Perhaps your body is just losing its ability to hear or to see or to bend over and do the yard work that you used to be able to do and can't. And choosing to love the body that you have right now is really hard for you to do too. Perhaps for you, the reason that you try to ignore your body is because you want to avoid the limitations that it's giving you right now. Dealing with the realities that come with having this physical body are pretty messy, aren't they? Uh, when I was younger, I used to play softball, and many of you maybe know that about me already, but what you may not know is that I also used to play basketball. Um, now, really all I had going for me in the basketball team, uh, in the basketball realm that I was in, was that I hit a growth spurt a little bit before some of the other people in my grade, and so I was just tall enough that I was good at getting the rebounds, okay? Um, how many of you did a school sport that involved some kind of uh, pretty intense cardio training? Soccer, track, anything like that? Okay. So I remember from my basketball years that we had to do these things that our coach called killer drills. I'm looking at you, Dad. I remember. You were there. <laughs> Has anyone else done these killer drills before where you start at the baseline, okay, of a basketball court and you run to the free throw line and you run back and you run to half court, you run back, you run to the other free throw line, you run back, you run the whole court and you run back. 
Um, and if you're really lucky, you get to do that while holding a basketball over your head, okay? This is what I remember about basketball practices as a child. Um, I left so many basketball practices with my face just bright red, um, feeling like I was going to throw up, hating my life choices for playing basketball. And needless to say, basketball was not a lasting hobby of mine. Um, I was also notoriously the slowest person on every team that I was ever on. And I have some formative memories of some coaches making fun of how slow I was when I practiced. And so if I'm uh, not careful, every time I go to exercise, I can have two things that happen. First, I assume that if I don't hate my life by the end of my exercise time, that I'm not getting a good workout and I'm not doing what I'm supposed to be doing. Um, but I also have some residual shame for how uh, people spoke things about me, and I genuinely was very slow, okay? These were true things that people said. Um, but I think if I'm not careful, these experiences that I had at such a young age can keep feeding the narrative that keeps shaming me when I try to move toward healthy patterns. And I don't know what those narratives are for you, and maybe you're in the room today and this is not an area that you're struggling with. I know some of you love to exercise and to care for your bodies, and this is not a hard thing to do. Um, but if it is, I guess I would just say to you that I see you, and I get it, and I know that it is hard. And I'm praying with you and alongside you that God will keep walking us toward a path of redemption and healing and health, not just because it will bring our flourishing, but because caring for our bodies is actually a very practical way that we are called to worship God. We have been given this gift of a physical body by our creator, and as a recipient of this gift, we are invited to be intentional, to pay attention to it, and to do some tangible things to take care of it. And so I'm going to ask you, as we get close to the end of this service, I'm going to ask you to get back into your body again for a minute. Maybe put your feet firmly on the floor, put your hands up, or maybe put your hand over your heart. Okay, something that reminds you that you have a gift from God in your body right now. And I'm going to ask you to think about two questions. I'm going to ask the questions, put a slide up to get you to, to um, have the thoughts in front of you. And I'm going to give you about a minute of silence to reflect on these questions. The first question is this. What might the Holy Spirit be using your body to tell you right now? Maybe consider where you're feeling pain or tension or discomfort or fatigue or maybe where you're pushing your body's limits. I'm going to give you a minute to think about that. Now the second question is this. What are the things that your body really needs right now? Do you need more sleep? I'm getting very practical this morning. Do you need more sleep? Do you need to take a water bottle with you so that you don't get dehydrated throughout the day? Do you need some better nutrition? Maybe some more vegetables on your plate? Do you need more activity or exercise? Do you need some time to stretch and just be aware of what's going on in your body? Spend a couple minutes thinking about that.
Now remember, the reason that we're doing this subtraction series and we're talking about very practical ways to reduce some noise and reduce some of the things that are keeping us from God is ultimately because we want to have a good relationship with God. We want the things that are creating barriers to be moved out of the way. And so if you grabbed a card on the way in that has some different practices on it and some reflection questions on it, um, maybe you'll find the practices in that helpful for you. Maybe not, though. Um, maybe something came to mind for you as you were reflecting on those last two questions that you're like, this week, I really need to do this. For me, it is eating vegetables, okay? I just, <laughs> I'm not even going to try to take out other things. I'm just going to add more vegetables to my plate, okay? I need some green stuff inside of me. Um, maybe that, for you, is a practice this week. Maybe you're invited to go to sleep a half an hour earlier or to just think about things that will actually meet what your body needs. But this is all intended to be something that helps connect us to the God that we love and the God that we worship, right? The end goal is not necessarily a healthy body, though that is, I think, one of the things we're working towards. But our end goal is that we would have every area of our lives, including our physical being, helping point us to our creator, helping point us to the God that we worship, helping be a place that we feel connected to God. And so uh, I would just invite you to think about what is one thing this week that you could practice to that end. So would you pray with me as we close? God, I thank you. I thank you for the ways that you have given us this gift of a physical body. I thank you for the ways that you have given us some responsibility to steward that gift. And so I pray, God, that if uh, people are experiencing shame, if there are people who are just hitting walls every time they try to pursue things that are good for their physical body, that you would help to remove those barriers, that you would remove shame, that you would remove things that are causing frustration, God, and that your spirit would begin to meet us, not just in our minds and not just in our conversations, but that you would meet us as we live and move and breathe and care for the body that you have given us. Thank you, Lord. In your name, amen.